You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. This is episode 131. My guest is Lynn Poditi. She's been in the outsourcing space for over a decade and have created thousands of jobs over the years for people in developing countries. She's the founder and director of Outsourcing Angel, an Australian-based offshore recruitment agency that specializes in providing premium virtual assistance from the Philippines to companies around the world like Australia, New Zealand, the US, Canada, UK, Europe, and Dubai. Lynn is often called the Energizer Bunny because of her boundless <laughs> positive energy and enthusiasm. She is passionate about living a fulfilled life and strives to build a life for herself and others that is filled with joy, love, and laughter. Hello, Lynn. How are you today? Hello, Lauren. I'm very, very good. Thanks for having me. Right. So are you are you full of joy, love, and laughter today? Always smiling. <laughs> of course, there are moments of anger and sadness, but I only allow three seconds and that's it. How do you do that? Uh, I think it's just there's no point in dwelling in it. And so I, I think I was blessed with um, the ability to forget and forgive very easily. So I remember <laughs> when I was young, uh, when I was younger, I had a boyfriend and, I, I, you know, I would get angry. And then a few minutes later, he talks to me and I'm talking to him back. I'm like, I thought I, was, I, I forgot to be angry, you know. I yeah. think um, I've just always been that type that kind of forgets really quickly and just move on with life and, you know, just focusing on the positive. Nice. I'm French. I need to learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us a little bit about, about your journey from, uh, you know, from, from the beginning, wherever you want to start to, you know, when you became an entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay. It's a long one, but then I'll, I'll try to be as fast as possible. But so I was born in Vietnam. I lived, you know, that poor life. I understand what it's like to live in a developing country. Came to Australia at the age of nine. It was life changing. Obviously, mm. having the opportunity to study, living in a you know more abundant life. But then my parents, being a new migrant, they had to really work from the ground up. They didn't have any money, so they started slaving away, working in a sewing business. So they had all these sewing um, material, clothing that they worked from home. And so then they worked long hours, you know, from 7 a.m. to midnight. And I guess that's probably my taste of what it's like to be a business owner, except that I never wanted to be them. I remember mm. them working like, you know, all day, all night. No, there was no weekends for us. And they also decided to get me to help them at the age of 10. I thought it was fun and game at the beginning because it's like fun trying to sew. But then because I was so good, they got me to do more and more. And I became a child worker. And for the next like five, six, I can't remember how many years. It was like throughout my whole teenage years. Mm. I was actually working in their business. And um, I was like traumatized. Like, let's just say I was crying. I've sewn it into my finger. And that's when I really just, um, I had a falling out with my parents because they were strict, but they were also forcing me to do things that I don't want to. So I ended up running away from home. And then I end up having a kid at the age mm. of 20. So I, I now have a 19-year-old son. But there's no regret there because 
because I had him, I was really determined to be successful because I didn't want their words to come, come true. They said that now that you're a single mum, you're going to be a failure. You're going to, you know, end up going on government support just like every other single mum does. And nice. so I was like, no, I'm not going to be that, right? And so that's why I was very motivated to start a business. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't have any business uh, mentors or anyone to try. And I was like, oh, how much is this? And he said, oh, yeah, you can get it for a dollar. And I was like, oh, maybe if I sold it for $15, I can make a lot of money. And so that was my taste into an e-commerce business, which taught me how to, you know, understand about digital marketing and then also got I stumbled across offshoring because I needed to get things done for my business. And then that led me into my, you know, marketing agency, which was, uh, you know, doing all these digital work for clients using offshore team. But then I pivoted into a recruitment model. So outsourcing angel is what I do now. And what it does is obviously help you work directly with these offshore people. So that is like a short version of my long story. So you created um, outsourcing angel back in 2015, if I am correct. Why an outsourcing uh, company. Yeah. So remember, I didn't have any skill set when I was starting out yeah. in business. But what I was doing for my e-commerce business was basically getting people to do things that I need to grow my business from website development, SEO, all these new jargon terms that I've never heard of. And but when you have limited money, you really needed to find people to do it cheaper. And so that's how I stumbled across the opportunity to outsource overseas. But I think as although I make a lot of mistakes like everyone else, you know, outsourcing to people from overseas and getting burnt, there was something that really stuck with me in that sense that I felt that this was a way to give back as well. So not, not only are you being able to get things done cheaper, I felt like I was creating jobs for people who are less fortunate than me. I was born in Vietnam. I know what life is like. So if you can hire people from Philippines, India, and all these other poorer places i felt like we would we you know we we can do good at the same time as helping our own business so that was my love for it and so mm. i continue to kind of keep getting better and better at it and it's just a skill set i became really good that people were willing to pay me for that would you would you say would you say like you know you, you because you were talking about the fact that it's very important for you to give to give back uh do you consider yourself as some sort of a social entrepreneur a hundred percent. So, yeah. you know, at early age at stage as like 2013, I think even though I was a small marketing agency at first, we already started to do charity work over there. So yeah. we have a, a, one of our staff member has a, you know, a, a cousin who's like a volunteer that treks over mountains in the Philippines and we would send money over there, even if it was little back then, but we would always have been contributing to, uh, to social, um, you know, missions. And so I often come over there as well. And I've gone on those mission trips and we now we regularly um, donate 10% of our profit to these charity projects. And uh, yeah, our VAs who come and work with our VAs are virtual assistants who join us. They usually join because they're like, you know, I really love that you're, you know, contributing and helping my community. So creating a business that has social impact is really, is really important for, for, for you. How would you, uh, mm -hmm. How would you advise other entrepreneurs if they wanted to do the same than you? What 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 would you start? Yeah, I think if you could align what your business does with something that you care about, you will have so much more motivation in your business as well. Because business is hard. It's yeah. not just 
that, okay, you're doing good for the world. It actually gives you the strength and resilience to stay put. You know, there are times where I'm like, you know what? It's easy for me to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, I've made enough money. My husband's an entrepreneur. I can just make my life easy. But then I felt like, I, I can't help to keep waking up every day to really, you know, make sure that my staff have a job. We are, you know, creating a better world. And it just makes life so much more purposeful because business can be kind of repetitive, grunt work. Every year you're always learning new things, new problems to to, to deal with. But when you're on a mission to change the world, it's so much more um, meaningful. So you're talking about purpose, the importance of purpose. It comes, it keeps on coming back into all the discussions that I have, I have with, uh, with my guest. And and actually on that, on that point, uh, you know, I specialize in bottlenecks, right? So I, I help, I help entrepreneurs get unstuck because they, 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 they become the bottleneck in their business. What I've seen a lot is that when entrepreneurs lose clarity of direction, so they lose their sense of purpose, they get stuck. You know, because mm. they don't know if they should go like st- straight, left, or right. Do Do you agree with that? Has it Has it happened with you? Look, I've been distracted in that I have a lot of different ideas, more like it. Yeah. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, you kind of feel stuck because you're like, what's What's a good idea? You know, and at the beginning, you might try a lot of different things, but uh, through those trials, it's not a waste, I guess, because now I'm very clear in that I love this particular business outsourcing angel. And if anything I want to do, it's all about growing this particular business. I have a lot more clarity. Whereas yeah. before I did try to start, you know, another video agency, another animation agency, even though they were all outsourcing model, meaning I use offshore team to do it. Um, I just didn't have as much passion for it as this original business that I had, but I just thought that maybe I could try different things, you know, but then now I come back to it. And I think sometimes it is about trial and error before you actually feel the pain or, mm. or feeling like this is where you, you, you belong. Mm. But the fact that you have clarity helps you uh, run your business. That's what, yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. uh, And the longer you are in your business, the more clarity you will have, because when you're new in business, things can just, everything seems possible and you're trying different things um, and you feel like the more things, the better, but it's actually the less things, the better. And then you'll eventually have more teams and processes and systems that then makes your life easier. And it's applicable to life as well. In life, if you don't know what you want and you haven't got a system for things, right? Then you will just feel overwhelmed and chaos. How many staff do you have right now? How many how many uh, VAs do you employ? Yeah, so we have about twenty people working internally, and then yeah. about 60, 70 VAs that work for clients. Okay, and, and since... we all, we we do it all remotely. Right, and so you started in twenty fifteen. Now, uh, what eight eight years nine years uh, later? Eight years later, sorry. Can you identify like the the big milestones? in your journey? Yeah. So I would say that the success of outsourcing angel wouldn't have happened if I didn't have the first marketing agency first. So marketing agency was a a different model, but it was still kind of having clients doing digital marketing work and then project managing it for clients. Right. And that's where I started to learn how to create proposal sales and getting clients in. Right. Mm. And then when I pivoted the model to, well, I'm going to be hiring staff member for you, uh, which was called Outsourcing Angel. It only took me three years to become a seven-figure business. It became a million-dollar business in three years. But that's because I already had like 
you know, two, three years before that doing the marketing agency. So sometimes you can't compare your success uh, or, you know, your journey with someone else's journey because you don't know where they were before. Now, um, the first milestone, the, the reason for that first success is also that I was able to partner with someone, um, a joint venture partner with someone who were able to focus on the marketing side and I got to do operations. So it really helped us to take it to the next level faster in that first three years. And then I would say that, um, you know, another big milestone was back in 2018, 19, when I, um, I, you know, I no longer work with that joint venture partner, but I was able to hire a really great operations manager who mm. then became a managing director. I guess it's, it's almost similar in that I had someone else to be a partner with in a sense. And they were able to really help me on one area of the business. Actually, the roles reversed. He was doing operations and uh, I am now shining in the marketing side. So I'm doing a lot of marketing work. And so that, that would be another key milestone. Another milestone that I would say is a year and a half ago, we went from just being a VA recruitment agency, which is a very saturated business. Like lots of people are doing it to becoming more about a transformational business, meaning we want to help business owners to systemize their business, set up mm. tools and automate it, and then placing the VAs in so that then they can remove themselves from the business rather than just hoping that the person can come in and just fix everything. It doesn't really work that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's interesting that the, your milestone, you know, recruiting an operations manager, that's that's an interesting one. Um why why did you feel the need to recruit someone like that? Uh, surprisingly, a lot of time my recruitment has never been a very strategic one. It wasn't like, you know, I need a marketing manager because I want to do this it, or, or I want an operations manager because this is what I want. I actually didn't know. It's always the it's always things that just happened to me. So for example, this operations manager came about because he was actually an, a client. He had right. a marketing agency and he was, he was an entrepreneur with a few business partners in Singapore and he had a few VAs from us, but he also has expertise in remote company, digital marketing and understanding how to work with VAs. But when he got bored of his business and didn't want to do it anymore, he came to Australia and reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm actually looking for a job again because I'm over being an entrepreneur. Do you happen to have a job here? Because I like your culture here. And I was like, oh my God, I need this guy because he ticks so many boxes. I didn't know what he was going to do, but I just knew he had the experience that mm. I need. His background was also management consulting for KPMG, so a very big you know, consulting company. And so just with that qualification and skills, I was like, I need him. So when I hired him, I actually didn't know what I wanted him to do. I just like, well, this is what I'm doing. How can you help me? And then he started to fall into a place of, well, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. And it became just very operational and just took over it to the point that he even says, my goal is to help you to get out of this business. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I didn't know <laughs> I want that for myself. <laughs> so that's what he did. And he uh, just even taught, he actually coached me on how to lead the team because even though I had a big team, I was still the decision maker. I was still the person, you know, who calls the shots, whereas yeah. he started to teach me to be a better leader. And so I was able to step back. Nice. So he also forced you to system, system, systemize your processes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a difficult yeah. word to say. And now you're selling the same to your clients. 
Exactly. And sometimes you think you are good at certain things and you think you're no one else can do a better job, but there is always someone better. So now I don't mm. like operation. I prefer to be doing marketing. You know, back in the days, I didn't like marketing because I didn't know how to do it. But when I uh, learned it, I became better at it. And so I, I just love that business. You can, you can always discover more of yourself. Yeah. And where do you want to take your business to? What's, what's your big dream? I mean, apart from yeah. uh, getting out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say I get out of it, it more means like I don't have to be working inside it and yeah. I can just like work if I want to get out networking, meeting people, the, thing, the fun things that I do naturally anyway, right? So for me, it's always about progress. So I'm not fussed about, you know, taking it to a hundred million, a billion. It's, it's not about those money goals. It's about how do we keep on getting better every year Uh, whether it's the business becomes more profitable or it means that we have a bigger team that is more fun or that we're serving more clients or we're doing cooler things. I just don't want us to be going backwards, but I want us to go forward. But at the same time, no one is suffering. What I mean mm. by that is if we're so focused on numbers and goals, we could be burnt out and, and you know, put pressuring ourselves. for. Un it's not necessary. I rather that we're happy, peaceful, growing steadily, and feeling fulfilled because of the progress any big plans or any any untapped opportunities you you see yeah well since the the new service that it's called systemize and scale up where we yeah. go in and actually systemize people it is quite new a year and a half so there is plans to really grow it we just need to hire more smart consultants to mm. to, to to work on this area And, um, you know, from there, it's about like, well, what happens after you've helped them a little bit at the beginning and put a VA in? What happens after that? Maybe it's more about running their business with um, better management skills and metrics. And I don't know. We're always thinking about now that we've done this, how can we do that better? So it's not always about like completely new services, but it's more about fine-tuning the current services and becoming better. And we just can't really plan too far because I feel like we just never know what we discover as we're going along. Uh, but one question that people always ask me is like, you know, are you, are you thinking about selling or anything? And every time I think about that, I, I just don't feel like I want to sell only because I've already created a lifestyle business, a business that it doesn't really need me to be there. It's online and it runs without me. It is like an asset, right? And so... You know, you you can put the money in the bank and in other vehicles that don't even can pay you as much as a a business. So when people say, "Yeah, you know, are you going to build it and when are you going to sell it?" It's like, I don't know. Probably not now. <laughs> not until I'm really older. What am I going to do if I'm sitting there retired? You're going to start something else. <laughs> yeah, and then, but starting something else is really hard. Like what I've experienced in the recent years is that just because you've been in business for many years, it doesn't mean that starting a new business is a lot, is easier, right? So yeah. it still takes everything from ground up, going, trying to like, you know, prove that the product works, the service works and getting the customers to understand this new service, building systems and process. As I was doing that, I was like, no, it's like, it's like saying to you at 50 year old going, Hey, have a baby again. You're like, a baby again it's like <laughs> no <laughs> i'm happy with my teenage kids you know <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, let, let's let's go back to your your entrepreneurship experience uh, at the beginning of the conversation we were talking about the importance of you know having purpose or making making an impact what are the other lessons you have learned along along you know your journey 
I think um, business is a personal development journey, really. The better yeah. you are at understanding who you are, improving yourself and your mindset and how you manage yourself and how you manage other people, it, it's it keeps challenging you to get better at that. And the more you're good at that, the more business gets better, really. Yeah. And so... You know, it's not so much about what happens in business, it's about almost what happens with you. So I'm really proud that I started a business because I wouldn't be who I am without that. You know, like nowadays I've challenged myself to wake up at 3 a.m. consistently, working out consistently because I need all that strength and time to to meditate, to journal because, because I'm running a business. But if I didn't have that business and I had a stable job, maybe there's no need to push myself to that point, you know. But when you have something hard to work on you challenge yourself even reading books you know I have to read so many different books because of their skill sets I don't know and so I mm. read more I meet people more I wouldn't be able to meet so many people if it wasn't because I'm trying to grow my business right and so I think that is like one of the really key journey a uh, key lesson that I feel that we could you know wrap our head around that what business is all about of course there's a lot of other lessons but that's one of them so what are you what are you saying? It's important to take care of yourself, to build routines. I say that a business is really about working on yourself, right? Uh, and and because of a business, you will build your character. the The indirect result of building a business is you becoming a better person. Okay. So embrace those challenges and be grateful of the challenges because it's improving you as a person. So how has it improved you as a person? What what have you learned about yourself that you didn't know? Uh, my resilience, uh, my courage. Uh, for example, I have to make tough decisions sometimes where let's just say there was times where my cash flow was negative and I had I hired too many people, but then you know I had to stick to my guts to say, no, I believe this is a, a correct decision and I'm gonna push through. And with that resilience and courage, it, we, 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 we got through it. And then the team mm. loved me for it. Um, you know, even the financial controller person was like, okay, I'm surprised, you know, <laughs> and it takes a lot of that gut, faith, um, you know, and I think the other thing that has really helped me in recent years is my faith, uh, you know, believing mm. in God, knowing that, um, you know, sometimes you just have to be faithful that everything will work out. And so, yeah, it's just really got me to think, and learn more about myself and about life um, a mm. lot more. Yeah, you mentioned courage. You need courage to wake up at 3 a.m. every morning. <laughs> it's very yeah. early. <laughs> what did you do? What did I, you do I in love morning? It. Yeah, so I didn't start off at 3 a.m. I tried to do 5 a.m., but it yeah. didn't give me much time. Like my kids wake up at 6, 6.30 already, so there's no much time. The whole point of waking up early is to do those things that feed your soul. So, for mm. example, journaling, meditating, reflecting on what you want to do this week or last week. I actually, I actually reflect on my uh, monthly, quarterly, yearly, like I just have a lot of time to think things, you know, and without that extra time, you can't do it. And then also I try to fit in my exercise early in the morning, but without the time, it's always so hard, right? You know, when you're like, I should do this, but it's like, I don't have time for it. And so I, just realized that you know successful people do it so why don't I give it a try and then I found someone you know one of my VA who actually wakes up early at four I was like oh my god you do if you do if you can do it I can do it you're not any celebrity rich people over you know sometimes when you see someone far in the distance you feel like it's not possible but you find someone like a close friend that can do it 
I believed it and I did it. And then so I tried to do 4am and it didn't work. It was fine. But then one day I, I met um, a girl who wakes up at 3am. Uh, she goes to the gym at 4ish and I was like, what time do you wake up? She says 3. I was like, wow, maybe I could try that. And when I tried the 3 a.m., I found it to be the sweetest spot, meaning I had just so much more time. I mm. felt so much better by the time my kids wake up or when it's midday, I feel like I've already done all my work. So I'm very like just chill and happier. And so when you get used to this new habit, it's not a chore. It's not a punishment. People are like, why do you do that to yourself? It's like I feel worse when I sleep in. And when I say I sleep in, it means 6 a.m. <laughs> They're like, yeah. is that what you call sleep I sleep in. And I feel sluggish or I feel like I'm caught up in life and I'm not on top of life. So you're talking about systematizing system. I, I can't say that, that, that verb. It's, cra it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> systematizing your life also like you, like you do with your business. Exactly. And I have time to plan things around my personal life too. It's like, you know, I want to take my husband on dates or I want to plan holidays. And, you know, there's a lot of things people want to do, but they don't have time. And mm. I have that alone time to do it. And that's why I still wake up early on the weekend sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's because sometimes I do go out late and I would sleep in, but yeah. I have that weekend to do a lot of important things in your personal life as well. Amazing. What time do you go to bed? Good evening. So I, my rule is I have six hours sleep minimum. Yeah. And if it means that I go to a dinner late at 10, 11, that means I would have to sleep in. So I would never sacrifice on sleep. It's not about 3 a.m. is the rule. It's minimum six hours. And so at 9 p.m. is when I sleep. I right. sleep a solid uh, six hours and I still have to use an alarm and I leave the alarm outside because if I put it next to me, I will default to turning it off and go to bed like <laughs> everyone else. <laughs> but um, the book Atomic Habit from um, James Clear mm -hmm. taught me how to hack it a little bit, you know, so putting the alarm outside, and putting it, you know, even uh, there was a, at the beginning, I even put it in the bathroom. So the next thing you do is you brush your teeth, you wipe your face and you're awake. Yeah. Nowadays, I don't have to worry about putting it in the bathroom. I just have to put it outside. And, you know, sometimes I'm still sleepy, but, you know, I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered going, walking all the way to bed again. So I actually stay up because I'm already up and standing far away from the bedroom. Yeah. I want to start on that topic of the importance of uh, self-care. You mentioned mm -hmm. something that you do is uh, journaling. Can you explain what is the process of journaling and what do you write about? When I first started over oh, 11, 12 years ago, um, number one was I was going through a lot of bad times. So if I was just writing what was happening in my life, you know, it was so therapeutical. That's a mm. word I can't pronounce. <laughs> um, I felt like you, you almost have this best friend that just listens, that doesn't talk back, that doesn't butt in. And yeah. you just perch out all these feelings. So I would used to write every day about my feeling. And I was going through a breakup at the time. That was my beginning journey about gratitude as well. So I would write down also, what am I grateful for? At that time, it was so hard. It was like, there's nothing going good about my life. But all right, fine. I'm thinking about the, the weather, just, just, you know, basic things. But then it became a habit where I just felt like without doing it, I didn't feel good. You know, I didn't feel like I got myself in a positive mood or when I don't journal or write things down, I feel like it's all stuck in my head, you know? And so nowadays my journaling is a lot different at the beginning. It was in an app and I would write long, almost like a dear diary journey journal. Whereas now I created um, on in notion, my own kind of columns of things. So when I journal, I wrote like 
how do I feel when I wake up right now? Like, you know, it's just a keyword. It's like, I'm feeling motivated or not, or sad or whatever. And then I write down like, you know, um, you know, uh, my, I even um, journal down my, my dream. So because mm. I wake up at 3am in the middle of my dream, I found that I'm, I always remember my dreams a lot more when you sleep to the point that you're kind of half waking up already. That's when people don't remember their dreams, but I remember dreams all the time and noting it down and reflecting on how, funny some of the dreams are is actually really exciting and then yeah just writing my gratitude you know how I'm feeling today it's almost little prompts of columns of questions that makes it easy to write and then mm. I just recently had another column about you know my eating plan I found that whenever I don't plan what I'm going to eat today or how I'm going to approach my eating today I tend to eat all over the place. But when I plan it, I'm like, okay, what's happening today? I've got a lunch. I've got a dinner. Okay. So that means I won't start eating till lunch. You know, like you actually pre-plan your day. Mm. Uh, and so anything that you pre-plan helps your day to be a lot better. Well, I think there's mm. a lot, there's a lot of lessons here that, uh, you know, people, people can, uh, can learn from uh, the importance of, for me, it's always about the importance of taking care of oneself you know, especially when you're an entrepreneur, because this is so, 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 such a difficult and complex life. There's so many things that you have to, uh, to worry about. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, you're, you know, you've heard about the, also the emotional roller coaster, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and I always say like, if you can't take care of yourself, how can you take care? How can you take care of others? How can you take care of your business? How can you take care of, of, your family and well i'm very happy that you are taking care of, of, of yourself and uh you know showing showing the examples because yeah uh, thank you i mean without us there's no life you know if, if, like because i had a son very young yeah. i wanted to make sure i'm happy so i can raise him if i'm not happy i'll be a miserable mum, and there's no yeah yeah and you will be a and you would be a miserable entrepreneur you would be a miserable uh, yes. leader yeah, yeah yes yeah. Yeah, because what you what what you do and who you are transferring to your into your business, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would uh, if I was to ask you know uh, the people you employ, how would this is how would they describe you as a leader? I actually asked them this recently. Oh really? They <laughs> they, they were half serious and half mucking around, but they would say uh, I can be intense, uh, and what it means is like I'm very passionate, and I would be like full of energy and ideas and it kind of makes them work a lot faster and crazy. And so my managing director has a way of kind of like uh, telling me to chill, let's park this here and can we revisit? So he kind of like knows how to challenge me back. Yeah. Otherwise everyone else kind of feel like, whoa, this is like go crazy intense. But I would say that um, they, they do say that I am generous. So I would always try to take care of them, surprise them with gifts and you know, a lot of the charity work or company trips we do, it really comes from the heart. And I also am generous with my time, meaning I'm the one personally still doing all these fun virtual games and I host it. Mm. I, you know, I'm personally making it fun and not just going, hey, can someone else go and create some activity for this? Because I genuinely care about these people. Um, but yeah, I think the, the the final thing is is in general, if anyone meets me, I'm just full of energy um that kind of that that energy does pass on to them it makes our business very like yeah just um exciting and energetic kind of workplace to be at even though we're a remote company we mm. um yeah we're, we're that kind of high energy company 
I'm not. I'm not surpri surprised talking to you after you know for thirty minutes. Yeah, I can feel. I can feel the energy. Maybe maybe after that you're gonna go back to bed. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, at nine o'clock, I have a really good sleep. You know, I'm like come out, but I'm pretty okay till now. You know, at at the at a young age of twenty years old, having a kid, and also working from a young age at ten, I think I really learned how to like multi-manage things and and to have you know to have to deal with big things in life and so I'm so so used to a fast pace high pace that I can enjoy it with a with a happy smile <laughs> yeah. if you take all the experience right and you summarize it into one practical recommendation for other entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs what would it be I would say that business is not about starting something so that you can make the most money. It's really about how do you solve a particular problem in the marketplace that means something to you so that not only are you starting it, you can really finish it or maybe never even want to finish it in the first place and you finish it strong and happy. Um, and I would say that just because you have a business, it doesn't mean that you neglect everything else in your life. Business is just one part of your life. And you'll find that unless you satisfy every other of your life from yourself, your family, time for your you know parents and and health and fitness, there is no point to there's no point for success because there's so many people that have succeeded and they've they die from poor health. And there's no there's no point in that. And I think you know a lot of people get caught up in business success, money, and forget everything else. So I would say just a good reminder to you know see business as one part of your whole life last question how can people contact you yeah easy easy answer google me i i am everywhere from instagram linkedin i have a website linpedetti.com as well my um company is outsourcingangel.com but yeah if you search linpedetti i am kind of everywhere at the moment <laughs> all right well thank you very much lin for your time today and your energy Thank you so much for having me. Bye. And thank you for listening. Interviews Cracking the Entrepreneurship Code is available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Subscribe now so you don't miss any episodes. See you next time. Bye for now.